Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. There's politics in the air tonight, guys. We've got the State of the Union not far from here tonight. And over in Italy, they're trying to elect a new president as well. What are you guys seeing about that? The new Federation president. First of all, I didn't realize that Mar-a-Lago was close to here. <laughs> we got State of the Union, which we will not be watching because of this podcast. But uh, let's start over in Italy, guys. What did you see? Do we have a new president over in the Federation? We do not. We have uh, no winners here. Uh, may God have mercy on your souls. Uh, this is a, a cluster uh, for the ages. Uh, they couldn't figure out their Byzantine voting system, and so the whole thing just got called off, uh, and the uh, Italian Olympic Federation is just going to pick a guy. Uh, this is democracy at its finest. <laughs> Hashtag the most Italian thing ever. That's new Fabio on the mic there. We're missing Marco, who's... Uh still employed by the government uh, for at least a few more weeks down on a training. So thank you, New Fabio, for joining. Always happy to be back. Yeah, this FIGC thing, it's uh, its a cluster of uh, Austrian left-backs, uh, first-name Christian, that play for Leicester City. Anybody? Anybody? Christian? Fuchs? Yes. Ah, oh, finally, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, you're picking go. up what I'm Taking us the long way there, yeah. Ted. Yeah, I had, I had to walk you to it. It's never really a funny joke if you have to explain it to people, but I, I can't resist. Anyways, yeah, I mean, this this FIGC thing. Of course, it's going to go to like a, uh, a a bunch of different panels and boards and be kicked around, you know, hashtag most Italian thing ever style in a manner that only like John Solano can decipher. Um, but uh, uh, I'm just, I'm all in for the anybody but Tavecchio. Like that's 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 my campaign stance because I think that like the first order of uh, Tavecchio would be is that he probably sees that the Cleveland Indians are are no longer going to use the logo for Chief Wahoo. He's <laughs> probably going to want to bring that to to, the, to Italy and have it be like on the Syria crest. Yeah, replace the the shield on the Azuri. Oh, is that up for grabs now? Yeah, Great. Right. Yeah. Whoa, there's a, there's a racist logo that sets up for grabs. Let's, let's bring that over here. We can we can iron out ten more years of that. Yeah. Well, I continue to say, guys, the Federation over in Italy, they're screwing it up, too. It gives me a little bit of confidence that U.S. soccer here, it could be worse, I guess. Well, if the storied country like Italy is messing this up, hey, we can't feel so bad about ourselves. Turning our attention here to the U.S., it's Super Bowl week as well. We've got a big game on Sunday. It's really tough for me and Nick here uh, for rooting interest as NFC East fans. Speak for yourself. All right. I'm rooting against the Eagles as hard as possible. You know how insufferable Philadelphia fans are already? Fair if they point. get one Super Bowl, we're never going to hear the end of it. It has to end. I don't care if it's the Pets. No one cares if they get another one, just as long as we keep those Philly fans from ever getting anything to talk about. I, I do. Six, one equals more than six on this one for, in terms of rings and insufferability. <laughs> I'm sure that's like one of those charts that you put out to us. It's like insufferability. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like starts off as like 3,000 rings for the Minnesota Vikings compared to one Philadelphia <laughs> ring and goes down from there. I'll work on that one. Yeah. The, cl the closest odds one has definitely got to be Patriots fans. Just poor Minnesota yeah. on this one. They're just oh. going to be invaded by Pat's and uh, and Eagles fans and I'm with I'm I'm with New Fabio on this one. Um, we are I'm definitely going for the Pats over the Eagles on this one. I just I don't know if I don't know if 
I mean, just for the sake of the city of Philadelphia. I think it'll, they'll probably like they have to like cancel production of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" because, or they have to change the title like "It's Always a Burning Car yeah. in Philadelphia." <laughs> yeah, the, on this the, one. there's definitely photos of uh, during the Vikings game for the NFC Championship. The cops, I guess, were putting Crisco on the poles because Philly was going to go nuts. Uh, and they climb they the said poles. they're not going to do that for the Super Bowl because it didn't work. It didn't work exactly. <laughs> so. Hey, man, Philly. Hey, that was a waste of money and all that Crisco. <laughs> yeah. They'll find a way, those fans. Maybe I, they should just set fire to the town in like, the, in like, in like halftime. Yep. Just just get out ahead. You can't just, burn this. It's already, it's already burned. Right. No, yeah, we, we enjoy Philly. Uh, we had a great time up there. I will say I, I'm rooting for the commercials in my heart, but uh, I did see U.S. women's national team player Julie Ertz. Her husband plays for the Philly Eagles, so I give them a slight edge in this one. If soccer can be involved at all, I guess uh, a happy U.S. women's national team player, I can root for that. So, You willing to bet a shot of olive oil on that, Chris? No, I don't want any winners here. Unless I get to go in like an olive oil commercial in the Super Bowl and get paid for it. That's what I would do. Well, <laughs> what, a, what a good transition. Uh, as podcast listeners, you're going to be the first to find out here. I don't, I don't even know if Chris's family knows this yet, <laughs> but Chris is going to be the next star of the Rocky franchise. That's right. He got a call back this week for to be an extra, maybe, (laughs) in the latest Creed film. So he's already, I saw him at the gym this morning early trying to get in a fighting shape. He's got his headshots all set. He's going up there this week. He's going to go make his big debut. Yep, I'm going to I'm going to fork over what I'm sure will be thousands of dollars for headshots and uh, never be heard from the organization again. That's uh... <laughs> I, I just got to know. Let's just look, Chris is going to book this for sure. Yeah. I just got to know what his casting name is. Like cuz they love like, you know, Jim Boxer 1, Jim Boxer 2, Jim Boxer 3. It's it's going to be just like New Jersey boxer. Yeah, right, right. You'll rock. Boxer in white beater with gold chain. Stay New Jersey man, strong. Man hitting hunk of meat at room temperature. Yeah, exactly. So excited for Creed 2. Uh, I'm looking forward to that movie. So, hey, there's another reason to root for Philly, I guess, this weekend. So we are missing the State of the Union for this, guys. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Let's jump into it with week 22 of the Serie A with the rundown. The State of the Union of the Serie A shows that Napoli and Juventus are huge and, like, really good. Roman Inter fans probably want to build a wall between them and their coach and have their owners pay for it, while Lega Serie A are repeatedly saying no collusion between them and VAR against OTFR and Chievo this week. Hellas Verona show Fiorentina that their striking button is bigger than theirs. And finally, it seems like all transfer rumors we've heard up to this point Fake news. Fake news. Speaking of fake news and calling it out, we have social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Curve America, all one word. You can find this fantastic, the best ever, it's going to be great, podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, asroma360.com, curveamerica.com, wherever podcasts are heard. Tad, once they find us, what would we like them to do? You guys, spread that word. You got to subscribe on whatever outlet you're on. And if you're able to rate it, please rate it. And if you're able to comment, please give us a top star rating and a nice comment. It's really important. It makes us way more visible on all of the outlets, which then allows for the 
for the podcast to grow, and it makes us happier podcasters rather than broke podcasters. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to need that tax break. Cheers to that. And speaking of finding a way to make us not broke podcasters. Oh, yeah. yeah you kind of made that sound like broke back podcasters, <laughs> but, you know, go with it. You hear that? Uh, 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 that's the rye baby, man. That's the rye baby being this bad. Sure feels good from Union Craft Brewing in, in Balmer, Balmer, Maryland. Balmer, um, Maryland. You know, guys, I, I, I spent way too much money on this six-pack. Wait a minute. No, I didn't spend enough money on this six-pack. you got to love yourself a rye IPA. This one coming out of Balmer. And I had to – I mean, all the, all the kitchen vultures in my place were trying to swoop these before we could get to them. So th- <laughs> this, uh, this, this beer has – I have done for this beer – what Bruno Parrish has never done for Roma, and that's defend. <laughs> Cheers to that, man. Uh, I'm going to join you with this one. We hope everyone can sit back, relax, enjoy week 22 of the Serie A. All right. Up first in week 22, Napoli stays on top. They took on Bologna, won this one 3-1. Bologna get off to a wild start, but then Napoli turns up and make leftovers of Team Meat Sauce. Yep. New Fabio. Nick, what do you got for us? Well, poor Marco. Another another week, another Meat Sauce disappointment for him. Uh, Napoli's just doing Napoli here, uh, holding on to first place. Uh, no signs of letting go right now. Uh, you know, the way this is this two-horse race is coming down, uh, that Napoli-Juve game, everyone's calendar better be circled because uh, that might be the difference maker, the way these two teams are playing. Yeah, pretty exciting. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, so, so the scoring here, Mertens had his two goals. Uh, first one was a just a really solid penalty. Uh, we might talk about it a little later, but he could give Florenzi a little lesson there on how to take a PK. Uh, but the second one was just a, a beautiful curler. Just reminded me of those Salah goals of last year that we're all crying for from the Roma side. Uh, Obviously, he thought that uh, that goal was stinky. There's a picture of him like reacting to the goal with like this like ew look on his face, like ew, that was a dir- the dirty goal. And then he found the picture and tweeted out when someone farts in the stands, which just just has to as a as a as a man, just this has to melt your heart. Just I mean, un, uh, as if this guy isn't adorable enough, you know he's like four foot eight, and I just want to rock him to sleep every and, night. And he makes fart jokes. He's your perfect man. And he makes fart jokes, man. <laughs> I I mean, it sounds it sounds to me like he knew what he wanted the minute he made that face. If he went and searched for it, he didn't even wait for somebody to do it for him. He went to find it. If he preemptively made a fart face so he could make a fart tweet, one, I say, Mertens, you got to come a little bit more correct with that. A, a better joke than if it's not just reactionary. But two, that's that's even that's even more adorable. <laughs> and what is what do you think? What do you think Drace Merton's farts smell like? I mean, the stands must be nasty, but it, his his smell like like a like a capo cannoniere. They smell like goals. That's what they smell. Oh, yeah, like. that's exactly what they smell like. I don't know how we got here. Yeah. How about for Bologna for the meat team meat sauce? I mean, Bologna here. You know, one question stands out. Simone Verdi, you know, turns down Napoli, gets to to watch himself get waxed again. Uh, you know, I think this is a big question here. What do you think it means, you know, a player, you know, if you're a player and you had to make a decision, do I want to go to a top team where I'm going to have to fight for playing time and and fight to kind of be a star? Or do I want to stay on my kind of provincial team where I'm definitely going to be the stud? I think there's arguments on both sides here, but, uh, but where would you guys land? 
Yeah, I saw some of the back and forth on this one uh, on Twitter and and uh, listened to the, some podcasts as well on this. Um, the Napoli fans, they don't want to see this guy ever. They say, you had your shot and you're done with it. Uh, we don't ever want to talk to you again, which... I think it's fair, but that's harsh, man. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think it's <laughs> you are dead to us for not coming in the January transfer window. Like you had your shot, man. You blew it. Uh, I, I could, I could understand that coming from a fan. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a big team that that he turned down. But I think he's in charge of his own career, and if he feels like the the, the moment was too big, then you got to do what's best for you, man. Dennis Eckersley gave up the Kirk Gibson home run and went on to win an MVP as a closer. He has not blown it. He's up, Napoli. I mean, for me, I, I said this before, I think it's great when guys um, at least want to see out the season that they're in. I don't like the, you know, the jumping off the sinking ship or whatever, Bologna, leaving in January to go to a more high-powered team just to make more money and perhaps, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not going to play very much considering the writing's on the wall there. Um, you know, especially with, like, Milik coming back off of injury. But I like seeing a guy, you know, stick with his team out and have the commitment. But on the other hand, Dude, Mertens is making Scaragio jokes over there at Napoli on Twitter. I man, I would see that and I would instantly regret, like, dude, I could be bros with this guy. That would <laughs> yeah. be what I would like be be sad that I missed out. See, I, I think you wanna if if you're gonna be the best, I think you wanna play with the best. I think even if you're not gonna get the playing time right away, I think you wanna be in practice with those guys. You're only gonna get better. You never know when the you know when your number's gonna get called, injury's gonna take somebody, somebody's gonna get transferred, and you're gonna find yourself there. Uh, you know, I, I think he's doing a disservice to himself and he, he should step up. Well, this will dovetail nicely, guys, of just continuing the conversation a bit longer with we're about to talk to Juve and that's always my knock on them. All these guys continue to go to Juve and basically ride the bench. Great players who are not playing. It's like Chesney, like right? You're going to play behind Buffon in a World Cup year and you're the starting keeper for Poland. You're not going to play. So why would you leave a, another big club for that? So... I don't know, man. It's not a, it's not a lock done deal like you always go to the big club. That doesn't always make sense to me. Good point, Chris. Um, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna own that one, I guess. Yeah, There's I no say, conversation well, I'm, I'm, I'm on over that. here. I'm over here stuck in <laughs> fart jokes, and you're making total totally perfect sense. Like, can't get get my head. I mean, I think I like. I think if I farted and Drace Mertens was standing next to me, it would hit him directly in the face. You can't get off it. It's gonna be all night here. All right, let's go to my dovetail with our second game of the week, Juventus and Chievo. It finished 2-0. Juve's victory seen as more controversial than Despacito not winning a Grammy this week, guys. The big story has got to be the red cards. Chievo got two of them in this one. The first one, a double yellow, in my opinion, warranted Samuel Bastian. Two legit fouls, including a horse collar for that second one. Uh, Hopefully we won't see that in the Super Bowl even, but this is soccer here. He definitely deserved that that uh, double yellow. The second one, guys, I'm calling ridiculous on this one. Kievo's catchatory. He's in the Juve box, nails a header, perfectly cross ball on this one, ends up lofting it towards Shev- Chesney, that, that goalkeeper who decided to sit behind Buffon. But in my opinion, definitely got shoved in the box by Asamoah on that play. Catchatory goes to complain to the ref about, hey, man, I got hit. What the heck? And then apparently suggests that the match, is, the match is fixed, and he does the handcuffs gesture that was made famous by Mourinho a few years ago. Mourinho got a three-match ban and a 40,000-euro 40, fine for that one uh, when he did it at Inter. So that was a little strong for me, guys. What did you think of uh, the, the second red? 
I mean, I, I I don't understand like this threshold for reds with uh, with referees. Um, it's not like Italian referees are so uh, above reproach <laughs> that like you you can't and if you how dare you insult the idea yeah. that we could ever do something like this. Looking at you, Orsato. Um, but anyways, you know, so so to do that and, and, and throw him out, like, come on, you just you just. You, as a referee, have interjected yourself in the game and essentially handed it to Juventus because they scored two goals after that. But on the other hand, I mean, Juventus—they're you know—they're the New England Patriots of the uh, of of the of the Serie A, and all these people out there that are cheering against New England and hate New England simply because they win, hate Juventus for the exact same reason. They're cheaters, you know, all this kind of stuff. So Cacciatore, you know, for old man Chievo. Gets, goes out there, does the handcuffs gesture, becomes a folk hero. So Kiev mm-hmm. won't go win this game anyways, uh, <laughs> so, especially if they go down to 10 men. And uh, uh, um, I think that, uh, you know what, it, if he gets thrown out, yeah, it's 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 a little, little ticky-tacky on my part, but I think that his stature as a Serie A player against the Juventus-hating crowd, which is everyone that is not a Juventus fan, has, you know, has his stock has risen. Yep, no, we will definitely be seeing that uh, replay clip, I think, in the future. The goals, Tad, did come after these two red cards, so it did have a factor in the game for sure. Il Mister for Chievo, Moran, he said he didn't, the Cacciatore didn't need to make the gesture, but um, uh, he, di- he didn't feel like he needed to be sent off either, so it did hurt. Juventus could get away with tampering with the Iowa's Field of Dreams, Tad. That's my thought, that they, uh, they're just pretty good at this stuff. No, nothing. Nobody saw that. Field no, of no, dreams. No, no, no. I'm saving it for. I, ha- I have something about it in here, man. So okay. uh, uh, nice, nice foreshadowing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the other side of uh, the misters, Allegri said he's not happy with Juve's performance in this one, and just that's Juventus, I guess. They uh, they still win, but they're not happy uh, despite getting two red cards and uh, uh, for them, I guess. This, and, this is the Bill Parcells school of coaching. You yeah, beat right. people up after a win, and you go light on them after a loss. Yeah, I guess. I And I will say, for any Juve fans out there that listen to us, we try to re- remain objective, but please watch the YouTube clip. I think there's something there to be said, that there was a foul and it didn't get called, so I, I feel like we're still being objective there. Turning our attention to the goalkeeper situation. Buffon didn't play in this game. Gianluigi turning 40. We're heading towards a Toti situation, in my opinion, guys. He said in the media this week he's not sure if he's going to retire. He was recommended, uh, Lippi said, after the season, take a vacation, see how you feel. And we know very well after last season, guys, with Toti, it's just never a good time to say goodbye of you know your beloved demigods like Cesolo un Capitano. There is only one Gianluigi Buffon. Absolutely. What do you think? Are we heading towards a situation like that? I think that these situations, we're seeing more and more of them. Uh, it it gets really hard for the fans and the players to kind of not know, right? And I think that you leave people really kind of wanting and leave people anxious, right? I think that certainty is kind of your best friend in these kinds of things. You know, the uh, ultimate example of this that, you know, is kind of obsequious as it all was, was the Derek Jeter retirement tour of, you know, a few years ago, right? He just, he made it clear, I'm going to retire at the end of the season, Everywhere he went, everyone knew this is my last chance to see Jeter. Everyone got to do him kind of proper honors, give him the gifts. Give him the gifts. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I mean, it's a little over the top, but at least, you know, people knew and they could take advantage of it. You know, with Toti, it was just an every week, we don't know, maybe this will be the last time we ever see him. You know, in the end, the retirement kind of game that they had was so nice, but 
you know, it would have been really nice if that had happened throughout the league and do a little more proper deference to this guy. So I think Buffon should do the same and, and announce his date and let everyone kind of process that and get ready to celebrate him. Yep. I've, Completely agree, but apparently Buffon is on that TB12 uh, uh, workout program and you know, has hit the ripe, has hit the, the 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 fountain of youth, age of forty, and sees TB Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and wants to to rip on that. But on the Eagles side of it, man, it's so hard to say goodbye <laughs> to yesterday. Different Eagles there. <laughs> No, Boys to Men from Philadelphia. Uh, okay. Little, right, little, little right. Boys to Men action. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, there's your Philly connection. We will see what happens. Even us, as Romanisti, John Luigi Buffon, there is only one. We'll be excited no matter what he well, decides. Well, to, to, one more thing on this to uh, Nick's point um, where certainty is going to be your friend on this one. Apparently, Chesney was the one who kind of semi leaked this news. He went ham on saying that, you know, Buffon's going to come back. And Buffon you know, sources, the fake news out there saying that he says he wants to play two more seasons. But, you know, the fact that Chesney's out here saying it, you got to you got to think that he's a little PO'd about this one and, uh, you know, is is going to try and force Buffon's hand sooner rather than later <laughs> so he can he can get out on his future. Right. I, I, I still think Juve is going to buy Donnarumma this summer and screw Chesney over one more time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see what Juventus does with that situation. We'll keep rolling on with the third game, OTFR taking on Milan. This was a 2-1 victory for Milan. Happy about that. Sorry, OTFR fans. Milan season finally gets a helping hand from a higher power. Yeah, Patrick Cotone does his Maradona impersonation, seals the win for Milan, although he might be facing a suspension from the league on this one. At least that's what I've heard. Six yellow cards for OTFR, including Milinkovic, Savic, and Ratlich, uh, who are going to be suspended against OTF Genoa. So not only are they getting uh, booked in this one, it's going to affect the next game even. But let's focus first on this hand of God, Cutrone. You know, we got VAR coming in here, man. They, they look at it. They, they Apparently, they don't see it from the same angle that everybody else in the world saw. They don't... Oh, they don't uh, they don't overturn this one, and you know, going back to the Grammys, guys, this is the biggest robbery for uh, since "That's What I Like" by uh, Bruno Mars winning Song of the Year. I mean, that song's terrible. Yeah. I, I don't think "Despacito" is the song that got robbed, though. Let's be clear. Uh, De- Despacito, the biggest song in the history like of the billions of views on YouTube. That you know, you can't you can't slink that one in there. You got to go to you just got to go to go to the Bruno Mars, they're the worst song written all year. But yeah, I mean, you might face the uh, uh, the two game suspension on this one. We'll see what happens on this one. I mean, basically, when it comes down to this one, it's hashtag most Italian thing ever. He goes and says, uh, "But I did not mean to," and they just decide if they believe him or not. Yeah. Um, but you know, he gets the the, the opening goal. Appears to be a you know he knocks it in with his arm. It's a huge contribution to Milan's win. And I just gotta say, man, all the stuff that's happened to Milan up to this point. Are you even mad? I mean, are you even mad that they didn't call this? They no. gave it to him. Yeah. No. I'm right. I'm happy for Milan. Yeah, you got to win some, man. It's been a rough season for him. Enjoy it. How about their their coach, Il Mister Gattuso? Yeah, he gets his first big Serie A win. You know, he hasn't he hasn't really struck that signature Serie A win. I mean, obviously he hasn't been around for that long. I you know, um, and you know, in this one he's saying he wants his disappointed players to take his their aggression on him by slapping him after goal celebration. So the bulldog, really acknowledging some unrest and. And it's going to go ahead and give this information out there because 
He has done something for Milan in this season that has not been done. I alluded to last week with the coach from Major League. We have ourselves a winning streak in Milan. (laughs) Three in a row, baby. And so I just got to ask, Gattuso, there's still a lot to be said out there that is he in over his head? There's praise. There's hatred. He's won three in a row. He's now beaten OTFR. Um, you know, is this a, a mirage, a fluke, or are we actually talking about a Milan turning point? Not enough for me yet. Uh, I love quotes like that. Gattuso, you're a podcaster's dream. But uh, I think the only way that Milan's going to be happy this year is with a Champions League spot. And uh, this is a good step forward, but they're not getting there just yet. How about on the other side of the ball, Tad, with uh, OTFR? Well, they ripped it up in midweek without Cherry Mobile with that three-over win over Udinese, which, as we've seen, is sometimes not very easy to do. But, you know, they come up small after a big big, uh, midweek game. I didn't really see really any signs of fatigue, but they are missing, you know, the best player in their team. Um, And now, with these uh, suspensions from Milinkovic, Savic, and their captain, Ratlich, uh, you know, they may have to play another midweek game against Milan again in the Copa Italia and then go back. And then they have to go at the end of next week and without these three stars, take on the very formidable OTF Genoa, hopefully without a muscular, uh, uh, fatigued uh, uh, Giuseppe Rossi. So uh, um, it's kind of a strange turning point for OTFR at this one. that They're going to be without three of their big stars and, uh, you know, are trying to pack in all these games. And all I just got to say is, all the worst, guys. All the worst. <laughs> An objective Tad the podcaster there. <laughs> Don't worry. You can you can be sure that they'll find a way to blame VAR at least uh, two more times in the well, next two weeks. That is the other issue. And to be fair, Inzaghi, uh, for the past half season, has been complaining about VAR. If there were ever a week where most of Syria might be on board with those complaints, it would be week 22 because we've got VAR as a factor in multiple, multiple games. Yeah, but he's the boy who cried VAR. All right. So what did we hear about OTFR in this one well, with they're, VAR? They're pioneers of the of the VAR-hating uh, sect of the Syria, And uh, yeah, just, you know, they, they, they feel that VAR should have been used to their advantage any way possible. And in fact, that it wasn't used to their advantage any way possible. It was uh, used to their detriment. It, of course, going to get huge reactions from their brass. And Lolito coming up on this one just basically saying that VAR's cost them the entire season. So I'm with Nick. Every time they disappoint, they seem to blame VAR. But I think more of the issue with this game is you can't really say VAR. They're just straight up owned by Milan and the San Siro. They haven't won there since September 1989. And, the, and they've only won nine times in their history at the San Siro. And when they, when they won in 1989, that's because Paolo Maldini, of all people, scored an own goal in a 1-0 game. To kind of put that perspective of the last time OTFR won at the San Siro, um, that's at the same time when an adorable five-year-old Tad witnessed his favorite movie, Field of Dreams. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> starring his favorite actor and guy who will play Tad's dad in the Burns biopic, Kevin Costner. Now I've lived long enough to see the field of dreams sodomized by stooges turning donuts in the infield of the gateway to heaven. And it's still in Iowa. Still. Yeah. So when you're doing donuts in Iowa, so you get confused when you're in the infield, you can say, is this heaven? You say, no, it's Iowa. And then you walk through the cornfield and then you're in heaven. Um, And I'm convinced that these, these, these vandals are Satan worshipers from Wisconsin. There's no way anybody from the home state of Iowa, but I digress. 
1989 was the last time they they won in the San Siro. So these guys, they they're just they're just a rich history of being owned by Milan. <laughs> that, that's the most Midwest this podcast yeah. has ever got. You we, lost me at Kevin Costner. We uh, we close it out with some Midwest rivalry and bitterness. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna get a whole lot more Midwest every time New Fabio comes on the podcast. Now there you we're, go. We're, we're gonna have a Texas versus the Midwest. Yeah. So don't accents. make me break the accent. We're, 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 instead of instead of appealing to the thirty thousand Syria fans across the United States, we're we're going to make this thing even more niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So with that, guys, we move on to the fourth game. We've got Inter and Spal in this one. It finished 1-1. Inter and Roma battling out for the Chrysler crisis mode. Uh, yeah, that's that's the story. No offense to Spal, but the story here is Inter's tailspin uh, and Spalletti hot seat. Are we there yet? Uh, oh, I, he's I, there. I mean... Definitely they, disappointment up there in Inter. I've been saying it for a few weeks. They're just... I think we Romanisti and uh, Interisti have a lot in common right now. Do you want to know how hot Spalletti's seat is? How they, hot? They have. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, you know, they they were at top of the table and they've lost. They haven't won in seven games, and in seven weeks of the podcast, Chris Ross has not mentioned once how well Spalletti dances with the media. That's <laughs> so his seat must be pretty hot. It must be hot. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, not just Spalletti we're talking about here. But Icardi, uh, is this is this real? Is he going to yeah. leave? Is he going to stay? What's Wanda have to say about it? Social media, the best thing, the worst thing. Apparently, he put something out yesterday saying, uh, I just want to say, what was it? I, I apologize or uh, excuse me, something along the lines of that. So there's a lot of speculation. Maybe that means he's bouncing to La Liga. I'm not buying it. I don't think he's going anywhere, but uh, he's certainly not helping his case, and the transfer market rumors continue. Yeah, I, well, I mean, this is basically like LeBron in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, we're, we're at the point of the season where you can basically just tick off the boxes of, you know, where Inter is going to go with this. Coach on hot seat, Icardi is now going to start making weird, senseless, un, you know, un, unthoughtful overtures on social media. So God, this, you got you got to love the you got to love the millennial professional soccer leagues now. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, uh, for for Spall guys? Anything over there? Yeah, I mean, just hey, hats off to Spall, man. They're happy with the draw. They're taking points wherever they can get them. So uh, they're just lucky to be playing Inter right now, not at the uh, beginning of the season form Inter. Yeah, they're taking all those coal jobs that uh, uh, that Trump is creating and and throwing that coal into the fire to power the train for the race to 17th. So Spall is one point closer. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're definitely happy with where they are on the table, uh, getting some safety here with this draw. Let's move on to the last game of the top five, guys. It's our beloved Roma. They continue to drop. Roma Sampdoria. This one finished one nothing. And this is not the first time I've said this for our beloved Roma. Vergogna. Embarrassment, shame, just plain and simple. This was terrible. We lost to Sampdoria. The biggest point for Roma right now is we cannot score goals. Period, stop, end stop. We got Checo. Looks like he's going to stay after this one. But he got one goal in the middle of the week. Just not producing like last year. This is not a Capo Cannonieri type of season for Checo. Yeah, I'm, I'm pointing the fingers at EDF, to be honest. You know, Jekko's not that different a guy than last year. You know, we had, uh, we had the highest points ever in the history of the team. Go out and change the system and not really change the players. Uh, it's just one of those two things had to move. And, uh, you know, it's EDF clearly getting exposed a little bit. 
after a, a stronger opening. But, uh, you know, I think that EDF's got to think more strategically about how am I going to use the most talent on this team uh, and not try to squeeze these guys into his system. This is a little too Rudy Garcia-like for me. So, yeah, our friends over at Kiesa di Toti making that point that this is uh, Rudy Garcia's uh, squared. or Ru- times Rudy three. Redo. Yeah, Rudy oh, Redo. Yeah, that's good. So let's uh, dovetail nicely here, guys. We've got Checo, who's staying now. It looks like he's not going to go to Chelsea, despite all the rumors. Schick, injured yet again. $40 million glass They glass call jaw. me Mr. Glass. Yep. And then Florenzi missing a PK in this one. So I would say, guys, we had our chances in this one. But we dovetail nicely into the finger pointing whenever you don't get a result you want. Where should we be pointing our fingers? At EDF? At Monchi? At the management? Where are you guys falling on this? Because, like I said, fingers are definitely being pointed. Well, going on, I mean, none of these guys can really do anything about Schick's injury. He, he doesn't really have much of history with this stuff. It's just, a, a, I think, a, a bit of unluck on this one that, you know, that he is injured. But that being said, you know, in the, what he's made a half a dozen appearances and uh, hasn't really made that much of an impact. Except for missing a breakaway against Juventus to get ah, us a yes. draw. Ah, yeah, yes. We, well, we got to put that one squarely on, on, on Schick. But, you know, the way you're going to point the uh, uh, the finger at EDF on this one is exactly the same thing that, that Nick is saying. Just absolutely no flexibility in the tactics. Uh, you know, some hints that he's changed up a little bit within games, but it's just that same, like, the 4-3-3 still. Yeah, you know, the result of this is is we we've, haven't broken uh, the one-goal plane in, like, the last 10 games. And that's just infuriating for everybody watching this team to the point that you look at the results from these two games against Sampdoria and you just got to say Sampdoria is better than us. Yep. You yep. can't, you can't, you say that the Roma has fallen so much that, that Sampdoria in two games proved it on the field that they are a better team than Roma. So that's, you know, so you got to look at EDF and be like, dude, the, the counter argument is like, of course, Sampdoria is not better than Roma. Roma has better players. Well, these better players are not performing, so that is your fault. Yep. Yep. They're uh, Sampdoria only four points behind us now on the table, which is crazy to say. But I don't know. I think there's other blame to be thrown around. I'm going to put this a little bit more on the players, guys, in that, uh, Tad, to your point, we've only got one goal in the past 10 games. Uh, for, for, we haven't uh, scored more than one. Yeah, goal we haven't either. scored yeah. more than one in, in per game there. It's. Uh, I felt like we had chances in this one, and it could have been a very different game if Lorenzi buries that PK. Yeah, I mean, a PK. that's that's the the counter argument here is that not only with the missed PK, but some real point blank chances in the second half, a couple of which were just really unlucky, uh, you know, a couple of which were some bad finishing, and uh, you know, you have to like the performance in the second half in terms of getting to those chances, uh, but finishing continues to be a problem, and uh, you know that that's one of those kind of you know, game of inches type things that happens. And the most, the most ridiculous thing here that, that, that I see is, you know, Viviano takes a ball off the face. Yeah. He's, he's out for the count, right? In the NFL, they write in a new rule this week yeah. to say that he concussion protocol concussion has to happen protocol. after a goalie face save. Yeah. Uh, that guy stays in and makes a more amazing saves. Uh, it just, Roma always seems to find the way to make, you know, an average Serie A goalkeeper oh, look yeah. like the best Took in the, the league. Took the words right out of my mouth. Between Viviano and, and Sports Yellow and uh, uh, Chievo, old man Sorrentino, geez, we've, we've, we've really been able to make some, some crappy goaltenders look really good. We're on all their highlight tapes. Yeah. Monchi, though, you know, with all this news coming out, is, is going to have to, you know, take some of the blame here because he's kind of this man of mystery. You know, he comes out and says... 
very obvious things like these things don't interest us or we look at every situation and choose the best outcome, you know, kind of deflecting and not giving anybody any sort of sound bites or, or understanding of what's going on in his head. But at the same time, like these these moves that he's made, selling Salah, selling Rudiger, selling Paredes, and then doing things like getting injury-prone guys who have no contribution, like Defrel, like Schick, like uh, uh, Karsdorp. Um, you know, Kolarov, who's his, his biggest signing, you know, is 32. And, I mean, when I saw that, man, city miles. That guy's got some city miles on him. The guy looks like he's 39 years old. Um, you know, I mean, he's he's – looks incredibly fatigued at left back. And you know what would be great to happen when your 32-year-old left back is fatigued and might need a spell? Have a $29 million uh, uh, backup in Emerson. Oh, wait, no. We just sold him to Chelsea today. And, you know, we don't really have any answers for who are we going to add. We still don't have a right back. We have players playing out of position. Uh, sorry, we still don't have a right wing. We have players playing out of position. We're still asking Florenzi to be... You know the right back, and the, the the latest and only addition we look like we're gonna make is is uh, daily blind. No, uh, the the uh, sur- supermarket uh, quote from Monchi uh, that's going to continue. Uh, oh, that's the read my lips, no new taxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. seriously. So that uh, that will continue to haunt him. Also, got to mention the front office, the ultras, never happy with uh, with management. I'd say it's seemingly that case. But uh, apparently they plastered Curvasud with U.S. dollar bills with Jimmy Pelota's face all over it. So kind of ties in with that supermarket thought. Um, they're not happy with Jimmy. Well, yeah, we almost sold Jekka, who is, you know, our Capo Kenanieri striker. So to, to a lot of people following this team, it looks like we're trying to cast away talent instead of attract talent in order to raise money, you know, for... For you know, for some reason, we'd, we'd I'd rather have the Champions League money and figure it out in the summer. That's that's what really stands <laughs> out here is this isn't you know U.S. sports where you can save money and you know get better draft picks by bottoming out one year. If you know midway through the baseball season, you're not going to make the playoffs. Sell off those expendable assets and and you know get yourself something back. This is a case where actively hurting your team now hurts your team in the future in terms of those lost revenues. If, if you're saying we need the cash, we've got to sell now to make this up so we don't have to sell in the summer or whatever it is. Well, if you sell now and you don't make Champions League, you got to sell again in the summer. So I really think that there's got to be a Champions League or bust type mentality here. And if they're saying they think they can do it without Jekko, without a serviceable left back, you know, replacement, then, you know, maybe they have a crazy amount of confidence in the talent on the team. Uh, or maybe things are worse than we thought in terms of financials. Yeah. Well, and the other thing on this one too is it's a World Cup year. The number one team in the country, the number one team in the world, happens to share a goalie with us going into this World Cup. And if we need cash fast, who does it look like we'll probably sell this summer? And that would be Alison, who has yeah. been by far our best player this year and uh, is proving to be the best player in the Serie A. That could just be another world-class player that we watch walk away. So I think, you know, kind of the thing here is between the perception of Palota, Monchi's, uh, uh, you know, kind of unfathomable or, or just odd transfer policies and our inability to change formation or score goals, period. It's just no one knows what's going on, and, and inexplicability is going to lead to an enormous amount of frustration. Yep. Just look at our just look at our Roma Club Washington DC group chat. Oh, God. Right. I'm I'm about to write people off for their opinions on Roma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my I think... friends' opinions. <laughs> 
I think you summed Rome up very nicely there, Tad. Just no one knows what's going on, and it's it's frustrating as as Romanisti. Quickly on the other side of the ball, guys, with Sampdoria, we've given them some credit. They're right behind us in the table with four points just behind Roma. Qualiarella, they're phenom that's in his 30s, killing it this season. He's on TV 12 as well. Didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> clearly. And didn't even play in this game. Didn't even need him. The only goal scorer, Duvan Zapata. So Sampdoria, hey, man, they're doing the right things, it seems. They are quickly coming up to the top five. That will actually round up the top five for week 22. We'll take a quick break and finish off this week. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. Up after the break, we've got Atalanta. They're taking on Sassuolo. This one finished 3-0 in Atalanta's favor. They sharpen their whooping sticks ahead of the first leg of their Copa Italia against Juve. That just game just happened today. Juve won that one one nothing. But, Ted, how did Atalanta do over the weekend? Well, they got to show everybody that Sassuolo um, is still their little B. Um, Atalanta extend their un- unbeaten streak against Sassuolo to 10 in a row, dating back to April uh, 2014. And, and while I'm feeling nostalgic and putting things into historical perspective, if we look at what was going on in the world back in April 2014, Ronda Rousey was still a star in the world of real fighting. Wait, <laughs> WWE is not real? It's still real to me. <laughs> I, you know what? When, when I was thinking about that joke, I knew that New Fabio was going to Wait a minute, what? It's a Texas thing. Yeah, they, they all think it's, 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 yes. I don't watch it, I just read about it. It's entertaining, and the, the matches are, are, are fixed. They're, they're, they're don't, predetermined. Don't, I'm plugging my ears. <laughs> well, guys, VAR plays a huge role in this one. Um, it, just a whole lot of confusion, and I think that everybody watching the Serie A for the first time, or especially, you know, if you're an Italian growing up, uh, died in the wool of this league and you've never had this system before for me it's a little bit easier to understand um, because you know I've watched American sports that have replay and I've only been in the Serie A for like 10 years but you know like the only Brian in the Serie A Cristante um, has a goal taken away but then VAR gave him another goal um, Freule had a goal disallowed but then had another one sure. awarded by VAR um, you know it's just it's just no nobody knows what's 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 going on like like var seems to me like like zamparini and and his coach hiring and firing policy like <laughs> he's gonna do he, he will taketh away he's var is like the lord it taketh away with one hand and giveth with the other yeah it really is it was a talking point this whole time and it seems like since we've come back from break var is just really getting into the headlines even more so than well the you know how bad it is when we were watching the roma game the announcers in an extended VAR break, as they are wont to do, the announcers made the point of saying, 
even we don't know the rules on VAR. Yeah. They said, we don't know which goals are reviewed and which aren't. No one bothered to tell the league's own announcers how to explain the system. Uh, hashtag most Italian thing ever. Yes. Um, Atalanta on this. I'm still getting that VAR 10 jersey, though, uh, for, for if, this, if it keeps on infuriating OTFR. Um, you know, Atalanta in this one went 3-0, and they rest players doing so. Papu Gomez uh, takes break from his busy uh, attacking methods to uh, uh, FaceTime with uh, with Paolo Dybala, um, who gave him the finger in the FaceTime, and Papu Gomez took a screenshot. Aw, Argentinian love. Um, but, you know, the rest, Atalanta is a center to the point where they're resting players and still score three goals against a previous Cinderella team. Um you know, let's touch briefly here on this Copa Italia, guys. This might be the most rhetorical question of all, but Juventus gets the 1-0 goal away, and now Atalanta goes into the Allianz Stadium needing to win on aggregate. Right. Chances Atalanta going to Allianz and actually win the game. Sounds like a Juve story. Up one nothing in the first leg. That's a tough hill to climb for Atalanta. I'm sorry to see it for the boys of Bergamo, but that's a tall order. <laughs> I uh, I also say in this one, uh, Buffon was back in this one. Apparently he saved a PK in this, so uh, I don't yeah, know, Yeah, he man. saved a PK. The whole thing was Buffon saving the PK in yeah. this one. 40 looks good on you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, TB12. Uh, yeah, here's, here's just to please... For the love of God, let's not have a Juventus OTFR final. The, but the strangest thing, to, if we're going to ch- change gears and go to, to Cespola, the strangest thing in the Serie A for me right now is this bidding war between Juventus and Napoli for Matteo <laughs> Politano. And right now we're up to the point, you know, we got like you know one full day left of the transfer window, that Politano is going to go to one of these two teams for a minimum of $25 million. For Politano. <laughs> Transfer market. Transfer. I mean, why can't we have held on to him and get $25 million for Politano instead of doing things like selling off Emerson for $29 million? Yeah, Emerson for $29 million. 23-year-old, probably going to end up being one of the top 10 left backs in the world, and Politano. I mean, just, I don't understand. I mean, why do you guys think that, that Politano is, is going for This is just a classic who's his bigger bidding war. That's all it is. It's just two league rivals just sticking it to each other. Neither of them actually want to be the winner of this auction. Yeah, they right. just want to walk it up to the edge so the other has to suffer with the payment. Which is definitely Juve's approach to things, I'd say. But Napoli usually, I don't see them usually getting into these type of wars. I think Napoli knows that they need something, and they've kind of farted around. Uh, no, Trace Merton style. Let's not go back there. We're done with that. Wait, did I say fart on Napoli? Uh, anyways, so, I mean, the... You know, they, they need some sort of addition uh, to come and it, just to show their fans they're doing something. They probably got a couple, uh, some fliff hanging around the old Casa. And, you know, Juventus is probably thinking one of two things. Uh, uh, Fabio is right. One, the least make Napoli overpay for him. Or two, eh, we'll buy him and keep him on our bench and Napoli doesn't get what they want, which one point deciding between these two teams and yeah. it looks like Juventus is more built for this. This is how we're getting this point, but where can you imagine the decoy bidding war and Politano is going for twenty five yep. million in Syria? That reminds me of a forty million euro glass jaw. <laughs> On that note, guys, we'll keep rolling along. So uh, up next, we've got Udinese and OTF Genoa, the Garden State, one nothing Udinese. New Fabio, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, this one, you know, this classic matchup, the Udinese OTF Genoa. Uh, you know, you guys have been ragging on Genoa all podcasts. Yeah, I'm going to say here, 
Uh, OTF Genoa came into this one uh, as a Genoese definition of hot. Uh, you know, they got points in seven of their last nine league matches. They only lost That's to impossible. Only lost to Juve and Atalanta. Okay, you tell if I said that that if I didn't tell you it was Genoa, you'd say that's a pretty strong run for an average mid table team. Yeah, I would have yeah. said well, you must be talking about Udinese. Exactly. I, just, I need to research this. I think I think you're fit. You, are you questioning my research mm-hmm. abilities, Ted? How often has that worked? I think out you for just you? might be looking at last season. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, despite that, despite that heat, uh, doesn't doesn't play out for Genoa here uh they uh they got you know scored on by Udinese kind of a ricochet goal um here in the second half not much happened in the first second half Udinese gets this ricochet goal uh and then it starts it turns it looks good for Genoa uh Santos on Udinese gets a red card he actually gets red varded he gets a yellow card did somebody somebody say varded oh my god (laughs) gets a yellow card ref pops over to the monitor comes back and upgrades it Right, he took a took a big old chunk out of a guy's uh, ankle as he's on a breakaway. Uh, so Genoa's got to feel good at this point. They're only down one, and they've got the advantage for a good half hour. Uh, but they they just can't put it in, and and really capped off by just a horrible miss. Uh, Luca Rigone uh, of the famous brothers Rigone. Uh, of, of course, you're aware Nicola plays for Kievo as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's he, a heavy hitters there. Yeah, yeah. You know they. Always, uh, it's like a tag team in my, my favorite uh, real wrestling sport. Uh, he comes in, he's got this really, it's set up to be the Toti selfie goal from the Derby a few years ago. Uh, the cross all the way across the face of the goal. Keeper's nowhere around. He's racing in, dives out, makes contact with the ball, right? Kicks the ball at the net, but somehow puts enough backspin on it that it just goes straight up into the air and the keeper gets to recover in time before the ball can trickle over. So, uh, you know, that usually doesn't happen to the Rigoni talent. No, no, it's really, you know, that's not what the Rigoni are known for. Uh, So, you know, I said, you know, it's like the Toti selfie goal, but as we all know, no Toti, no selfie. (laughs) Well done. Nailed it. So, uh, you know, not much else to say in this. Udinese continue their uh, surprisingly good run this year. I'm I'm pretty happy with the Zebras. OTF Genoa lost to a 10 man Udinese. Equals, I don't believe they've gotten a point in seven of the last nine. Look it up. All right, so Massimo Odo continues to right the ship and gets the one nothing victory. Up next, guys, we've got Cagliari and Crouton Nation. Crotone with a 1-1 draw. And the storyline is yet again VAR. Cagliari was down 10 men in this one. And then VAR takes away a late Crouton goal. And there goes your three points to Crouton Nation. Il Mister Zenga not having it. His big money quote in this game, it was an unacceptable decision for professional soccer at this level. Clearly not happy about this. Feels like an NFL game, guys. Hopefully we don't see this on the Super Bowl on Sunday. But late call, game deciding factor. One fan base truly not happy because it's just bad. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of like rule for the sake of rule, a spirit of the rule. You know, it's like like in, in Serie A right now, people are starting to think they don't know what a catch is. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's exactly what this feels like. So, unfortunately, this one finishes just for a draw. Crouton Nation, we're still in the safety zone, but uh, we're getting dangerously close down into the danger zone. The danger zone! All right. And so we've got our last two teams are, in fact, down there. Up first, we've got Hellas Verona taking on Fiorentina. And it was a good day for Hellas Verona. Ellis, shock the world. Tad, what do you got? Yeah, Ellis must have been listening to the podcast because uh, they decided that they didn't want only their jerseys to play like a top-of-the-table team. Um, but, you know, they win big on the road, and 
let's just let's just keep this hype train full of coal going with LS beginning, you know, keeping on their mounting for the hashtag race for 17th. And the way they played in this one and the way that we've been playing, we have to play LS this coming weekend. And I'm, I'm starting to fear Verona in this one. <laughs> um, and this is a you know big turnaround for them because you remember last week they lost 3-0 to Crotone. So total schizophrenia. Uh, the biggest impact for this is two things. One, a player on uh, LS Verona named Moise Keane has the has a career game. He's just absolutely nasty in this one. Um, before we started, I was showing uh, Nick even the the goal that he missed, where he he dr- took it out of the air on a on a on a lob with two players all over him. Remember, this is Juventus property here. Oh, so. Of course, of course, no one else can have good things. Yeah, and so we got we got about two more years of uh, Fat Boy G up at Juventus, and then he'll be then Moise Keane will be nicely slotted in here. It's just a nightmare for Fiorentina's backline on this one. But the other reason why Fiorentina is losing four one is Fiorentina themselves. They come out here in the purple people eater jerseys, and you know basically just lay down like the Vikings to the Eagles. Yeah. So much so. It begins one thing that I not I thought I would never see in Fiorentina, and that's gross fan turmoil. You just think that everybody that's a Fiorentina's fan is like, yeah, I like them. Yeah, <laughs> right. We still have the David. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm more into Calcio Storico, but you know, they got the stadium over there. Yeah, the big story in this one, Tad, is uh, an empty curva by mid-game after you know Hellas Verona just whooping you, and then. Protests immediately right outside the stadium. La Viola not happy with their club. Yeah, the, the mayor to hit the fan for them on this one, and, and they, they definitely uh, made it known. I mean, you just you, you thought it was bad to be a Roma fan. You thought it was bad to be an Inter fan. These guys have just two wins in their last nine games. And if you watch this game, it just seems like, you're, like Fiorentina's forsaken. They have two balls off the woodwork, um, one of them from Chiesa, he comes in, owns his man, lasers one off, off the right post that deflects perfectly out to the left flank to a, uh, uh, to a streaking Verona player that starts to counterattack that in three passes has Moise Keane goaling. So it's basically like, you know, like in high school basketball where you run the outlet drill. That's just the goalpost. Even the goalpost paid for Verona in this one. <laughs> and, and, then, and, you know, they have a goal. Uh, another thing, not only does that happen, there's a goal for Verona from a guy, Jagos Vukovic, who is making his Serie A debut fresh off the boat from Greece and Olympiakos. And Jagos Vukovic is definitely, that guy, I mean, you know, he's a real Jagos, but uh, uh, he, that, that's just, this might, is entering. Might put him on the all-name team here. Might put him on the all-name team that I will eventually get around to. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, just a lot of things going against him that allows Verona to beat them 4-1. They had a million chances in this one, just couldn't convert. It seemed like just destiny was not in their favor on this one, and, and Verona needed a big win to start their campaign for race the 17th. Last thing i got to say for this, guys, Pioli and company rocking those purple turtlenecks with the, uh, with the Navy Blazers. <laughs> Always a good look. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, those guys, it, it, it's easier to pull off you know, looking like a tenured professor at Purple Rain University when you're not getting smoked by Ellis Verona. All right, so we finished that one off. Our last game of Week 22 is Benevento and Torino. This one finished 3-0. And guys, you thought Benevento's defense was bad with 11 men. Why don't you see what they do with less than that? Go ahead. 
Yeah, just uh, your classic Benevento game here. Uh, just uh, Swiss cheese out in the back there. And uh, Torino just uh, continues the streak here with uh, Marassi right in the ship. So the, since taking over, got the Bologna win, the Benevento win, and, uh, and tied Sassuolo, you know, getting points here. And that's without Belotti. He was uh, not in those games. And he's Torino, you know, raging bull right through here. And uh, Benevento, just a little more misery. But, uh, you know, the real story for Benevento here, the, the highlight you have to see, Backup keeper here, Slovenian Vid Belic, uh, also a candidate here for my all-name team. Yeah, uh, Jean-Claude Vid Belic. Yeah, he's he's trying to clear the line. He's getting kind of body checked by two guys. Uh, apparently, that's enough to snap his uh, his temper. He just unleashes like a roundhouse kick to Niang's groin, yeah. just like right in the right in the keeper there. Uh, and uh, you know Nyang gets the yellow for the body, but uh, Bellic gets a straight red for the nut shot. <laughs> uh, you know I, I think that uh, this is, might actually be a little bit of subterfuge uh, from uh, Benevento's true starting keeper Brignoli, who, as we know, is the MVP of the season for Benevento. And Brignoli would never kick Nyang in the cannoli. No, ish. so Brignoli must uh, talk some ish to him at the beginning of the game here to get him on edge because uh, that's straight red, and Brignoli suddenly back to starting keeper for. Uh, uh, for Benevento, right where he belongs. So I think there might be some uh, some nefarious if, play. If, if anybody knows anything about that Jean-Claude Vidbella, because he's just got a hair trigger. <laughs> but the only only other thing I have to say about Benevento, man, is uh, the jerseys they were rocking. I'm going to call these the, uh, the Ronald McDonald bibs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've got just two bright red and yellow panels. That it looks like someone just forgot to paint the rest of the jersey. It's, Are these the ways? Yeah. The whites? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the 70s Houston Astros ones, yeah. But the it, Ronald McDonald it doesn't bib. it doesn't go around, <laughs> it doesn't go down. It's just a bib. Yeah. Well, I think I think they're trying to keep their jersey game because the way Spall is playing, this is a hotly contested uh, uh <laughs> Williamsburg, Brooklyn uh, uh, team to support. So you got to have the weird jerseys and be crap so the hipsters I can really follow your team. All right, guys. Well done. That wraps up week 22. We did all the games there. Thank you, new Fabio, for filling in for Marco. Hopefully he's back next week. Guys, just a reminder, we're out there on all kinds of social media. So retweet us, tweet us out, like our Instagram stuff. Please go rate and subscribe, rate, and comment to the podcast. Tell your friends. Let's get it going. Looking forward to week 23. My favorite game for this coming weekend is going to be the Derby D. Thank God we're just here, guys. We've got Benevento and Napoli, the Southern Derby that we all like to look forward to. They play at 2.45 on Sunday here on the East Coast. Wouldn't it be crazy if Benevento turned around their season by derailing Napoli's Scudetto Challenge? Hey, if they start Brignoli, uh, then I think they've got a chance. I think yeah, it you goes always with, have a chance. Without a doubt, Brignoli will be starting this game <laughs> with their backup keeper getting Br- a red card. Br- Brignoli for Benevento is like Tom Brady in the in the fourth quarter of, of last year's Super Bowl. Like If he's there, you got a chance. Yep, so have a good Super Bowl weekend. We will be back next week. Until that time, ragazzi di Arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao.